Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the hope and wish that the 49ers get an offense. Please, please, let's get an offense. I don't like being right. I talked about how bad this was going to be offensively. I don't like being right, not in this situation. Most of the time I love being right, but this, this is not one of them. Raymond, before we begin the podcast, why don't you let them know where they can find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Goldcast underscore. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Goldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same name of The Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe on the latter three. That way you'll get notifications when our shows go live, which at this point uh, we are in full swing of the season, which means every Sunday we will have an episode. We will be recording an episode and it'll most likely be live to the net either that same night or the following morning. So be sure to subscribe. Subscribe and leave a review and leave comments too because we love to hear from you guys and we try to do our best to respond to you guys. Yes, please leave a review. Do you like what you hear? Help us spread the word on the Goldcast by leaving a review on iTunes. By leaving a review, what happens is our little podcast goes up to the top of the search engine. Uh, The more reviews that we have, the more reviews, the five stars, the better. If it's less than five stars, don't even give it to me. Here we go. Uh, Another tough loss. There are no moral victories, but it was nice to see the 49ers hang in there in a way they haven't done against Seattle in a long time. So let's get into it. Goldcast, here we go. Week two, NFL 2017. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom. 49ers at Seahawks, San Francisco at Seattle. Final score, 9-12, to 12-9 in favor of those Seahawks. There, if there is one team in the world... That just really pisses me off. It's the Seahawks. I just cannot stand losing to the Seattle Seahawks. They are the the Dodgers to my Giants. They are the the Cavs to my Warriors. These these are this is the football equivalent. This is the word. You know the Rams to me are pesky, but they're losers. I don't really care about them. The Cardinals are whatever. They're they're a shit show right now. A total shit show. But the Seahawks. The Seahawks have been, you know. Big, big swaggy P. They're like, oh man, they're so dope. This, this, uh, this whole decade. Oh man, real cocky. Can't stand their legion of boom. Can't stand the twelfth man. You actually need fans to help you win games. Oh, it's awesome. What an awesome, what an awesome task uh, for the fans. That's incredible. Good job. You have this. You, your team is so good. You have to scream at the top of your lungs so that plays and apparently whistles can't be heard by referees. That's that's how good your team is. They actually need the crowd to help you. That's so corny. I think the twelfth man is the corniest thing ever. I can't stand it, and so it drives me nuts when we lose a game against them. Having said that, Raymond, having said that, we when we do lose these, we we did play better than I've seen in a long time. I'm, I'm going to bring up a, a a stat. It's not a fun stat, 
but it, it, I think it's a sign that the times are changing. We have lost six straight games to the Seattle Seahawks. And the average point differential between us and Seattle is 17.7 points. And today we only lost by three points. That is pretty good. Welcome to the Goldcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you're here, you're here because you're here for the biased opinion. We, uh, we don't sit here. We don't really like to talk about Boston or New York. We only talk about San Francisco. We love to talk about Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice. We like to talk about the dynasty, the five glorious rings that we've had. We like to celebrate the fact that this is one of the most storied franchises in all football history, one of the financially most successful franchises in football history, claims to fame some of the greatest players of all time. This is our bread and butter. Welcome to the Gold Cast. Raymond, why don't you start? You're the greatest fanalist in the game. Why don't you tell me what you saw? I, I agree with Hoyer saying there are no moral victories, especially with that offense, which was atrocious. But I thought the defense is really starting to come back. We're really starting to see the defense make strides. But I'm going to stop talking. I want you to tell me everything you saw. Ray, get into it. Well, first of all, we're never going to talk about Boston and New York unless it has some sort of relevancy to the Bay Area. That's the first thing. The second thing, as far as the 49ers go, even though it was a losing effort, it was a losing effort where I saw progress, much like you did, where a three-point margin is what separated us. I knew that the offensive line was bad, and I knew that if we can get a pass rush going, which we totally did— And I thought one of the biggest X factors that made a difference between last week not getting any pressure on Cam Newton and this week getting getting three sacks on Russell Wilson was the fact that that Aaron Lynch was in the lineup. And he needed to be in the lineup. I I don't think he was available last week. He didn't even dress. So he was in the lineup this week. And he makes a big difference because he's big, he's long, he's very disruptive on the line. And so you can't just double-team Eric Armstead, even though they tried to do that this game. And just hope that everything's great because he eventually got a sack too. He got a sack. Lynch got a sack. Tank Carradine got a sack. So uh, I, the Navarro Bowman led the team with seven sacks or seven sacks, seven tackles. So it was a huge, huge effort. Uh, Carolina, I mean, see, Seattle really couldn't run the ball until garbage time, and that's when we were just pretty much gassed. Whereas Carlos Hyde had, had two huge runs, a 61-yarder and a 27-yarder against this team, this team that he typically actually he actually plays well. He's only one of four quarterbacks that plays well against Seattle that actually has gotten over 100 yards against them. And that's obviously really difficult to do considering how well their front seven has played the last five years. But considering last week and this week that our defense held their own against two teams that have been in the Super Bowl three out of the last five years, that's saying something in terms of progress. Robert Sala knows what he's doing, clearly. I thought he was kind of the unknown out of the coaching staff. Everybody else had you know, a resume that we could kind of go off them and kind of project what to expect out of them. But Robert Sala was the one that didn't have that, that was coming from a position coach and getting promoted to a coordinator. So I didn't necessarily know how it was going to work. But based on what I'm seeing, he, the choice to implement the Seattle defensive scheme seems to fit this 
this roster much better than the three four scheme. Whereas in the three four scheme, we only really saw like a handful, less than a handful of players really shine in that system. Whereas in this one, there seems to be a lot more cohesion. There is there's better tackling. There was uh, there was a very surprise surprise performance out of. Uh, Williams, number 24, K1 Williams. This was a defensive back. It's his third season. He's 26. This was a player that came out of nowhere. I really didn't didn't necessarily see that coming because I know, you know, it's Richard Robinson and Dante Johnson are the starting corners. So it was uh, it was kind of a surprise to see him there and actually make a difference. He played a little bit last week, but he was I saw him more prominent in the in the defense this this week and he made a huge difference i thought his coverage was very tight his tackling was sound he was seemed to always be around the ball which is something that you know good defenders are always around the ball play you know players like patrick willis from the past of Arl bowman is obviously you know you're going to get some good production out of him but i thought that was great offensively carlos hyde was really the only thing you know worth mentioning and but the passing game just struggles. Brian Hoyer's terrible under pressure. He's he's just as bad as, you know, Colin Kaepernick, Blaine Gabbert, unfortunately. And but um, the point is, he does actually he, he, he can play well. And I think that's going to come next week against the Rams. And we'll get more into that when we start talking about next week. But um, defensively, I think it's awesome. Awesome that we held our own against, like I said, two teams that were, you know, in the Super Bowl three out of the last five years. That's, I think that's a huge, huge step in the right direction. There's no moral victories. I agree with Brian Hoyer and I agree with you, brother. But at the same time, um, you have to be satisfied. I knew that if we could get a pass rush against Russell Wilson, it would be a game. And I knew it would come down to a field goal, which absolutely did in terms of, of point spread. Although if they would have made that point after, it would have been four points, which means we would have needed a touchdown to win. But the fact that they didn't made it a three-point game so um it was close it was not the result i wanted but it was it was what i'd hope to see in, in a, like if we're gonna lose i hope to lose in a competitive fashion and that's exactly what i got so i'm i'm happy but i'm not happy i'm kind of torn <clears throat> let me ask you a question about the seattle seahawks offense are we sure that seattle seahawks offense is any good because <laughs> they have looked Pretty terrible two weeks in a row. Really bad. Well, like they, really they're, bad. Like, they're in a similar like position so bad as us. Where they, just have a, they have a really bad line that's inconsistent in the running game and very inconsistent in the passing game. The difference is that Russell Wilson's very elusive and has very good running skills, um, like Colin Kaepernick. But Brian Hoyer is not. He's more of a traditional pocket passer. So when the pocket breaks down, his margin for error is much smaller than it is for Wilson, who can clearly improvise with his feet and keep plays alive, which he did, which is what ended up getting that kind of that that really nice pass at the end in the fourth quarter, which is a, a, a bit lucky. Uh, you know, a bit lucky. There's a bit of luck involved in that too. But at the same time, his ability to escape pressure is is a very useful tool. As you know, there's a lot of times when he could have got sacked, and or where other quarterbacks in this league are going to get sacked by our pass rush. But in his case, he avoided a lot. But he we still tagged him three times, which is good. That was really good. I thought the defense was incredible. I was really impressed as well. Very, very impressed. And again, to reiterate, sound like a like a broken record. Yeah, there are no moral victories, but 49er faithful, Goldcast Nation, you have to be happy with the idea that the defense played so dominantly. Two weeks in a row, we're seeing a defense that is slowly getting back to 
Harbaugh-like dominance, and we have a coordinator that really, really understands what he's doing and seems to be able to create effective defensive game plans week by week. I think that's fantastic. But I think that Seattle Seahawks offense is really, really suspect. Super suspect. You know, people had them slated to go back to the Super Bowl this year. I'm just not so sure. I think that team is very one-sided, and that one side that is the defense, and that's about it. Russell Wilson, yeah, uh, he's elusive, can keep plays, can keep plays going on his feet, but that offensive line is terrible. And you know, outside of Chris Carson, yeah, he got some garbage time touches that really helped him. That the their running game, they haven't really been able to establish it. And they're trying to do this running back by committee thing, and it's not really uh, working. Eddie Lacy wasn't even suited up today. Thomas Rawls, I, I think he's a talented player, but his 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 sensitivity, his injuries haven't helped him. And he was actually apparently he was fully healthy on the sidelines with Chris Car- Carter Carson standing in his way, uh, starting in in his place. So that was that was a telltale sign to me. I don't know. I just think I just think that that if that offense is going to play like this all year. You could forget about it. Maybe they'll be first one and done in the playoffs at the most, given how dismal that offense is. And historically, the Seattle Seahawks do take a little bit of time to warm up and to rev up and get into their season. I've seen, we've seen that many many times where they start off pretty slow and then end white hot. But I don't know, man. I just, how many times can you go back to that well and expect it to, to be there when it's supposed to be there? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I, I do know that I, I agree with you that they do tend to have a slow start to the season. But I think that's been more of the case in these latter years than previous years when they were kind of at, the, at their apex. And I think part of it is, I mean, how many, how many injuries, you know, happened how many injuries did Seattle have on the defensive side of the football in today's game there was at least half a dozen so uh you know this is a team that's aging and I don't think that they're going to be able to last I think they're going to get in and they'll probably get in maybe you know as a division winner so they might you know they might get a first round bye they might actually get in as a wild card you you never know depending on the rest how the rest of the the conference does um but there, I think there's a good chance they get in as a wild card and they lose in a wild card round just because the offensive line, if they can't sustain anything, I think they're going to have better games. But I think overall what we're seeing the last two weeks, especially against you know teams that have good defensive fronts, I think that's going to be the the case for them. That they're going to really struggle against against better defenses. And ultimately when you get to the playoffs, that's going to be their undoing. But anyways, I don't want to really focus on those assholes too much too much longer because this is a 49er podcast this is no Seattle Seahawks <laughs> podcast <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the rest of the NFC West I had a really hot take that we didn't talk about on air that I want to bring back on air uh after David the announcement of David Johnson going down for the Arizona Cardinals I called you brother Ray I called my brother Raymond and I told him guys I said you know what I have a really unfun hot take and he's like what and i was like i i'm not so sure if the i think the rams might end up being in second place i think the cardinals might end up scrapping it out with us for third and fourth place david johnson going down carson palmer looking so so bad rams looking pretty dominant against a really bad indianapolis colts team now here's the thing I'm not saying that looking dominant against a bad team means that you're good. I'm just saying that when you're playing a bad team, you should look really good if you're good. If you're playing a bad team and you're struggling, then maybe you're not that good. 
But the Rams took care of business the way a team that is supposed to be on the uptick is supposed to take care of that team. They absolutely dominated them. Having said that, they didn't fare so well against Washington today, and then Arizona looked fairly decent in their game today. So now we're sitting at a at a at an NFC West that's now everyone's one and one except for our 49ers. Raymond, here's a question for you. Do you think the Niners are going to be able to crawl out of this hole? Oh, and two. I mean, we should win this Thursday, right? This is our big bounce back game, right? Against the Los Angeles Rams. I think I think I think based on the pro, based on the play of the defense and the playmakers that we do have on offense, I think we are going to be due for a much better performance here as a third time's the charm. I think that it's going to come against the Rams, although I think it's going to be a slow start because we're coming off of a shorter week, so we have less rest. I hate Thursday night games. I think it's an absolutely terrible idea for the NFL in terms of health. And to, you know, the the it's just it's it's just not good for the league. There there should be no Thursday night game. It should be Monday and it should be Sunday, and that's it. Maybe a Saturday if you wanted to have a third day in the week. Maybe you do that. But I know that they I know that the NCAA typically owns Saturday. So that's a hard one to wrestle with. But uh, even Friday would be better than Thursday. Thursday just doesn't make any practical sense given the nature of the sport and how you have to how and how much how important, you know, health is in this particular sport. So I can't stand it. So it's going to be tough for both teams because uh, St. Louis just came off of a tough loss, too. So I know that they're going to be looking to bounce back. And division games are always going to be tough. So I think it's going to be very similar to the Seattle game. The only difference is that. The Rams offense is no better than the Seattle offense, and they have a quarterback with even less experience. So I'm going to give the edge to us in that case, and I do think that we're gonna we're gonna see a bounce back performance on the offensive side of the football. On defense, I think you're going to see more of more or less what we saw the last two weeks. But I think it's going to be, you know, you're probably going to see a little bit more stout. Probably going to see more turnovers because, you. Know, Goff is just, you know, Goff is just has a long way to go, and there's no even guarantee that he's going to become the quarterback they all they all hope him to be. We saw what happened today against Washington. The second he got the ball in the fourth quarter to start a drive after Kirk Cousins had he scored a winning touchdown pass, he for very first pass turned into a pick. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I, you know, the the point is that inexperience is going to show its ugly face again uh, this Thursday, and I think the Niners' defense is going to take advantage of that. So let's let's add to that, Ray. Let's let's add a little bit more to that. Let's let's move let's move back into the game. I, I agree. I love where we're going with this. I think I'm I'm hoping the NFC West begins to reset itself and we can smoke the Rams and at least get into third place. It would be really nice not to be in fourth place. That's kind of where we're at. We're at Goldcast Nation, and that's okay. We're we're at a place where we're trying to crawl into third place. Third place would be nice for us. Remember, we've got to be patient. Everyone's got to be patient. All right. Everybody take a chill pill. Everybody relax, all right? We're going to be fine. The 49ers are going to be just fine. Christmas is coming home. It's just not coming home this year. So back to, let's, let's, let's point to Brian Hoyer. Now, you know, the one excuse you could say is that the ball is really wet and it was a very rainy game. And that's a hard, that's a hard game to, it's a hard that's a hard uh, element to deal with when you're playing football. I don't think it's an but excuse. Not for Brian Hoyer. What, Brian Hoyer looked really bad. Now, 
He didn't, he only threw three passes over 10 yards the entire game. Passed for a total of 99 yards. I mean, and they were just all over the place. Well, now I this he got really this, comfortable. I he got take really no com- pleasure. In. He got really comfortable with the checkdowns, which is something that Alex Smith and Blaine Gabbert. When you have subpar quarterbacks that can't handle pressure very well, don't know how to improvise or keep a play alive, then what you see them do is default to the checkdown because it's an easy pass. You, your guys usually open. The problem is you're only going to get to the line of scrimmage because it's typically your your guys already behind the line of scrimmage when he catches the ball. So I saw a lot of that from Brian Hoyer today. And that's that's what he did a lot in Chicago last year. I know he did that in Chicago a lot too, and that's why one of the reasons why he had a lot of, uh, the highest completion percentage in the NFL is because he relied on the checkdown because it, it it's an it's an easy it's an easy way out if you're dealing with a lot of pressure. So, uh, I mean, you you still get a play out of it, you know, you, you get to make a play out of it. But in in our case, we. You know, it's not like Seattle, like Air, like excuse me, like Atlanta, where there was design plays where that's supposed to happen because you have certain types of talent that can take a play like that, and you know you can get to the second or third level with based on the talent you have. But based on us, with the fact that we have you know offensive linemen that are off and on that like some do well in pass protection, but not so well in run and run blocking, and then you have the inverse of that where some do really well with run blocking, but not so well with pass protection. We saw Zane Beatles take a seat today. That was a, a much, much welcome decision on the coaching staff side because uh, Zane Beatles was playing just as bad as Eric Pierce and Jordan Devy from the previous uh, two seasons. So uh, I would totally agreed with that one. But yeah, um, I mean, d- do you agree? I mean, did you see the same thing? I just felt like he was kind of defaulting, like like he's like, oh, I have no time. So it's not like Rodgers and, and Breeze and Brady where they know if, if their line's playing crappy, then they know they have to get the ball out faster. And so they start you know, going to plays where they can hit the receiver faster and they'll, or they'll just get the ball out quicker. Whereas in Hoyers, he just gets really flustered. We saw the intentional grounding, although I think that was kind of an iffy call. But other than that, we saw checkdowns and then we saw just you know him getting sacked a whole bunch. I did see that there was there were there were a lot of third and tens and you're seeing him just do this check down play at, at about the about five yards over the line and you're like, What is going on, Brian so Hoyer? We're not gonna get a first down. Yeah, so many third and longs and he throws this pass that's literally just five yards over the center, you know, and I'm just like, Come on, dude, this is not gonna get us anywhere. Like this is not, especially it was that you know what would drive really got me was the last drive, the last drive in the fourth quarter with about like less than five minutes to go. We get the ball back after Seattle does their stupid touchdown, and the we we within seconds, within like ten seconds, we're already at third and ten, and I thought, oh man, here we go, bro, really. And then he does just that little check down pass. And I was like, this is mm-hmm. not, that's not what we needed. You've got to get past 10 yards, man. You can't only do, only do three passes for 10 yards and expect to get anywhere. You can't pass for 99 yards and expect this team to get somewhere. Oh my God, it drives me crazy. I was just like, I was losing my mind out there watching the offense. I was like, oh my God, I, I watched the defense. I'm like, yes. I hate the check Defensively, downs. we're just kicking the, the shit out of Seattle. Me too. I do. And it, it's like this, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 cheap, it's easy, it's safe, and it doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get you anywhere. But 
uh, and Marquise Goodwin, I'm two two big drops play. in in two games in a row. Marquise Goodwin, I, I, I he's this year's Vance McDonald, man. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, Do you we want got to catch football McDonald's, or not? Do you want to play professional one, football? <laughs> yeah, we just traded a tight end for a wide receiver. Both with both with uh, uh, slippery hands, man. You got ten fingers there, bro. What's what's wrong? It's getting in the way of those ten fingers. What's happening? I don't get it. This is such a feisty episode of the Goldcast. <laughs> no. I just realized, man, we're feisty. <laughs> we're pissed. We, we're pissed. You should be pissed, too. If you're listening to the Goldcast Nation, you should be fucking pissed right now. This is ridiculous. Just offensively. Defensively, you should be happy. This is great. <laughs> so, no, but I'm serious, man. It, it's, <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. And what's, what, I, what we're seeing out of, out of, out of Brian Hoyer, I, okay, Going back to the beginning of the season, I was adamantly against the signing of Brian Hoyer. I understand now. I, I already can hear on 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 the message boards, like on, on Facebook or on Twitter. I can already hear people going, "Well, you know, that's we didn't really have much of a choice," and blah blah blah. And you know, what else were we supposed to do? And Cap didn't want to resign, and we didn't want to resign Cap. I get all that, and I'm not, I don't have an issue with any of that. It's just I knew our hands were tied. And I was adamantly, vehemently against signing a Brian Hoyer, but we needed someone that, quote-unquote, understood Shanahan's system, quote-unquote. But he's just not very good, you know? And, and I, I, you know, I appreciate the guy's wherewithal. I appreciate his, his ability to continue to maintain a job in an, in a, at the hardest position in all sports in a league that... Many other quarterbacks, Kaepernick, for example, who are way better than at least, at least better than Hoyer, don't even have a job. I appreciate his wherewithal and his ability to maintain employment in the National Football League, but fuck, man, I, I just don't want him on my team, you know. And I hate being right. This is not one of those things where I'm like, I was right, I told you guys. <laughs> no, this like really sucks. This really sucks to be right. I don't want to be right about the fact that Brian Hoyer sucks so bad, but he just sucks. That's just the, his passes are just all over the place, up, down. How many passes did you see today that were behind the receiver? How many times is he going to go throw behind the receiver towards the cornerback of the Seattle? Does he understand that, that the cornerback of Seattle is not on the 49ers offense? Does he understand that? I don't know if he does. Your turn, Ray. I'm done ranting. Uh, I, I, th- I think you said all that needs to be said at this point, but, um, you know, I but like I said, I think this next week coming up is a bounce back performance. Hoyer knows that. Hoyer knows he has a short leash. So if he wants to have a job next season, then he's going to have to do a really good job, whether that's staying with us as a backup or something like that. Because like I said, I think CJ Beathard, we're going to see him this this season. We're going to he's going to get out there. He's going to get his feet wet this season. And I don't know whether it's going to be because of Hoyer's health or because Hoyer continues to play the way he's playing. It might be both. Who knows? Who knows? So, Raymond, let's go into our final segment of the evening. It's all about that money, baby. So let's talk about this, Raymond. That cream, that cabbage. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Los Angeles Rams at San Francisco. They're in our house this, what do you think? Who's favored and by how many points? Let me ask you. 
I think statistically speaking, the LA Rams are favored because they've won a game and they've put up more points. So at this point, I'd say they're probably favored between anywhere between three and seven points. Man, Ray, pretty good. It is the Los Angeles Rams are favored at home, in our home, in our stadium, in the home of the faithful. They're uh, three-point favorites. Now, here's the question, Raymond. We kind of already got the answer, but Raymond, if you're a betting man for this Thursday, short week, those stupid Los Angeles Rams coming to our beautiful home of the San Francisco 49ers, do you take that bet? Absolutely not. This is a bounce-back performance for our team, so I think that that's just going to happen. And you're going to favor the Niners. I'd say we win by a touchdown. We're still better than the Rams, right? Got to be still better than the Rams. Still a great thing. I love it. Still great to be better. I believe you, Raymond. I believe you. I believe the 49ers are going to bounce back. They're at home. Perfect time to defeat the Rams and finally get a, a, a win for Kyle Shanahan. We need to win bad. God, that hurts so bad. We were so close. We were so close today. We were so close. Closer, closer than we've ever been. We were pretty close on that last game uh, uh, last year. We were. Re- I thought we were pretty close in that game. But this game, I could taste it. I could see the victory on the horizon. Yeah. It has been so long. Yeah, right? So those for those of you 49er faithful who are new this year to the Goldcast, Raymond does an excellent recap every time we win a game. And he used to do them a lot because we used to win a lot on when we were on the gold cast. <laughs> but this year, but we haven't lost. We haven't we haven't won in quite some time. So uh, I look forward to a kick-ass recap from you, Raymond. And I want it to come after Thursday's game. Any final thoughts, Ray? Not at this point. Just I look for Hoyer to play better. I think the defense is going to play better. I expect to see a lot more turnovers. Um, it, it, induced by our players this time around so look for that and it'll be nice to get a w i'm expecting a w so i'm expecting a w2 100 percent uh yeah i think that's that's probably all i really have to say i'm expecting a w i i expect it i want it to happen i hope it happens 49th faithful deserve it the gold cast nation deserves it and i think that's about it Raymond, before we leave, why don't you tell them where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis as well as Instagram at Ray Solis one Boom. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rudy Solis 3rd, Rudy Solis 3RD. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel. This is, this is the gold cast. <laughs>